This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing in living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Welcome to the Saturday Podcast. My name is Brad Watson and Jared Pickney is back. And today's episode is all about developing and maintaining a leadership pipeline. Jared, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, man. Glad to, glad to be on. Thanks for inviting me back. Always love getting to, to catch up and talk, making disciples and gospel saturation and all of that good stuff. And I tell you, man, it feels great anytime I can talk to uh, my only friend from L.A. <laughs> That's right. You're Well, you're my only friend from Arkansas, probably. <laughs> like actual friend. How does that friend. feel? Does it feel good? It feels good. Okay. Yeah, it feels good. All right. Yeah. Didn't the Razorbacks almost win a game the other day? (laughs) Listen, let me tell you something about the Razorbacks. People love them so much here. This is a confession. And I honestly don't think anybody in our church listens to this podcast. I'll think I'm safe to say this. But (laughs) but our people, I feel like sometimes borderline worship the hogs. And so there's a part of me that roots against them at times. Because I feel like if they lose – then it just kind of helps remind them like only Jesus will satisfy them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then I I've feel been... really bad about it because I'm realizing I'm hoping that 18 and 19 year old boys who are working their tails off lose a game. Right. Uh, so but yes, they did. They lost to Ole Miss like last minute. Well, there goes the season. Yeah, it was pretty much done already. I think they were one in five before that. So now it's over. Who are people rooting for in LA? Uh, people just root for whatever's most entertaining, you know. It's LeBron a, James. Oh man, I can't wait! I got the the Sunday L.A. Times just so I could get the full cutout of him uh, getting ready for the season. So are most people around me. But on any given night, you can do so many things. It's really hard, you know. Like you can go watch professional hockey, professional soccer, baseball playoffs. You can go to a Drake concert. Mm. All of those things are happening tonight. It's amazing. That's incredible, man. That is a lot like Paragold, except it's high school sports instead of professional sports. Exactly. And we don't have hockey. <laughs> and Drake's never come to Paragold. So actually, now that I think about it, it's nothing like what we're experiencing here. So forget it. Yeah, which I think I kind of root sometimes for the electricity to go out so people in our church can be more focused on ah, being a okay. disciple of Jesus or something. Right on, man. I'm glad I'm not alone. It's an entertainment capital of the world, and people really like to be entertained. So it's it goes together. But with that in mind, Jared, uh, this little brainchild of ours, just to kind of recap, this isn't the topic of leadership pipeline, but yeah, you know, several years ago, you and I had this idea of making our phone calls public, uh, making them a helpful podcast for people and we kind of guessed that there were maybe like a handful of people out there that might want to learn just more like practical ways of leading missional communities or leading churches of missional communities i think we had a hunch that uh, people needed more than the big picture but they also need to be reminded of the gospel all of the time and so that's what we've been trying to do and we've now recorded over 60 Mm -hmm. episodes and 
It's crazy. We're averaging over 20,000 listeners a month. Hmm. So you guys, our listeners out there, you're awesome. And uh, Jared, maybe just taking this time as we look back, because I think it's been pretty much two years. uh, What are your big takeaways from this experience of being on this podcast as my most regular partner in crime? Well, first off, let me say congrats on 20,000 listeners. I think that's definitely a testimony to your hard work that you've put in to keeping this thing up and going and filled with great content and guests who've been able to serve uh, us as listeners so well. So job well done. As far as my greatest takeaway goes, I would probably say that in a lot of that 20,000 number, it seems obvious to me that people want to make a gospel impact in their cities which is really encouraging. Mm. I was talking with a local pastor just the other day about how so many people seem to be perfectly content with the Christianity. that's all about showing up on a Sunday morning and trying to be a pretty good person throughout the week and making the occasional, you know, social media post with a Bible verse on it. And then hoping that in the end, right, to follow Jesus means they're going to have, you know, a life that's a lot tidier um, than a life without Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then they'll die in their sleep whenever they're in the late age and go to heaven. Right. (laughs) And and so for me, like the fact that you have 20,000 people that are listening to a podcast like this, which is a podcast all about making disciples in the everyday stuff of life for the purpose of gospel saturation is, is really encouraging. So I think that would be my, my biggest takeaway. Yeah. I've been really encouraged by the process too. I would have never thought that people would have really latched on to a couple of, of folks just talking and laughing about uh, funny stuff, but then also diving into the gospel, making disciples. So, yeah, it's been super encouraging, very encouraged by all the the people that are listening and engaging. And, yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, that's that's definitely more people than all the Soma churches combined. So we can trust that this is somehow breaking out of uh, the regular pattern. So it's super, super good. But yeah, so today's topic, though, is all about creating and maintaining leadership pipelines. And so we wanted to have this conversation to, to basically catalyze pastors and elders and churches to begin thinking about what's your intentional process for raising up Uh, new believers, new disciples, new leaders, and then leaders of leaders uh, so that we can see this sort of rich multiplying movement that saturates our cities, as you were just talking about. Often we talk about this movement where everyone will know the gospel and see all of these communities all over the place. But if you kind of get underneath that vision, you would have to recognize, wow, there needs to be a long-term plan and strategy for seeing pagans become converts for seeing converts become disciples who make disciples, for seeing disciples becoming leaders, and then for seeing leaders becoming equippers of more and more leaders. Like this is, that will definitely have to exist in order to see gospel saturation take place. And so as we get into this topic, Jared, let's let's talk about maybe what leadership pipelines are uh, and why they're important for that vision. Yeah, so let's start with why, which would be a really good title to a book. <laughs> It's a great book. Great first chapter. <laughs> terrible rest of the book. <laughs> it's like so many books. So you read the first chapter. It's like, oh, yeah, I've read that. It's excellent. Right? Kind oh, of yeah. Any it, book like, based yeah. off of a TED Talk, you know there's 15 great minutes of, of reading in, in life for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, so starting with the why. Start, yeah, let's start with the why. And I would say why is leadership development important? Um, first off, because it's biblical. Whether it's Jesus with his 12 disciples, 
you know, who, you know, at the end of pouring into them, right, they follow this command of going and making disciples with its Paul's words uh, to the Ephesians about equipping the church so they can grow up in a maturity in Christ or Paul's words to um, Timothy, right? Second Timothy chapter two, where he says, and trust you faithful men who can teach others. This idea of raising leaders really is all over the New Testament. And it's not just something that we see in the New Testament, but we see it clearly in the Old Testament as well, whether it be Moses raising up Joshua or Elijah investing in Elisha for the purpose of continuing the ministry that God has started with him. And this idea of leadership development, it really is rooted in scriptures. And therefore, I'd say it's something that we need to spend some time talking about. And we need to you know, work on developing ourselves if we're going to continue to advance the mission God has given us. So um, that's the first reason, right? There's a biblical reason for why this matters. And then secondly, just to be practical, I would say, man, if leadership development is not something that you value, then your ministry is just not really going to be multiplied. You and you alone cannot accomplish the vision and mission and purpose that God has placed in your heart apart from other people, apart from raising up other leaders. And so whether you are a parent or a pastor, I think it's important to realize the win is not addition, but it's multiplication. You know, if you're a parent and you have a whole bunch of kids, that's great. But if the kids never leave the house, that's not a good thing, right? Like if they're in their 30s and they're still like needing mm-hmm. to do their laundry and cook their meals and brush their teeth and <laughs> all that kind of stuff, that's that's just weird. And, and so I think the same is true when it comes to being a pastor or a ministry leader. Like if you have a whole bunch of spiritual children um, and they never grow up, now, they never go from being able to lead themselves to eventually leading others. And maybe even who knows, were they leading leaders or, or leading a church or planning a church? And and that's not a good thing. And, um, it, you know, the truth is, uh, again, you cannot do the work all by yourself that God has given you. And even if you could, um, you know, one day you're you're going to be taken away. Right. I, I mean, and, and you don't. Uh, know when that's going to be. Uh, you don't know why that's going to be. Sometimes it might be because of death. Other times it might be that God just might move you elsewhere. But you want to know that whenever you are done, that the investment that you have made in others has been such that the work can continue long enough after you are gone. And that's just not going to happen if leadership development is not a priority. Yeah. And that that makes so much sense. I mean, both biblically, we do see that pattern develop over scriptures. Like, all the examples you mentioned. Plus, if you just look at the New Testament, Paul and Peter are just like filling mm-hmm. these letters with the names of leaders mm-hmm. that have been raised up from somewhere, right? Uh, and then also practically, we see that leadership development makes perfect sense too. And so then the question becomes, how do we effectively develop this sort of pipeline so that, so that we raise up leaders? Mm-hmm. How do we move from just you know, doing all the ministry ourselves to empowering and equip others yeah. to do the ministry? That's a great question. I think, I mean, you kind of answered it. In fact, I think the way that you develop leaders is through what we call leadership development pipeline, which is uh, simply for lack of a better word, it's a system that exists for the purpose of helping you do a few things. One is gain clarity around what you expect from people at each level of their development. And so a lot of times we want people to, de- to be developed and to grow. We don't even know, like, what do we expect from them? Yeah, And they don't even know, like, what do we expect from them? What does God expect from me? So a leadership development pipeline helps you, I think, gain clarity around what you expect from other people at each level of their development. Mm-hmm. It also, I think, along with that, allows you to actually have a plan in place for how you're going to help people get from where they are to where it is that Jesus is calling them. And then... 
because you have those things in place, you're going to be able to have the proper tools and resources and coaching that you need in order to kind of help move people along in that process. So I would say in short, if you ask like, what is leadership development pipeline? I would say it's something you design for the purpose of giving your members a simple uh, and memorable pathway that allows for leaders to be developed at every level in your church, whether it be in a kids ministry or in your missional community or wherever it may be, again, for the purpose of advancing the mission. Yeah, and I think that that's that's so key uh, for people to even understand, yeah, the lay of the land for how your church plans to make disciples, right? So even, you know, I think there's kind of three big chunks for a pipeline. One is, you know, how do you uh, help people go from not being in a missional community to being in a missional community mm-hmm. where they're leading themselves and discipling other people. Uh, then how do you how do you take those people who are great members of a missional community and see them develop into being uh, leaders of a missional community? And then how do you take those leaders of missional communities and see them grow and develop and being leaders mm-hmm. of leaders across your church? Yeah, it's such a great yeah, a handful of reasons uh, for developing that kind of line. So how does someone go from outside your church entirely to being an elder? And a lot of mm-hmm. people are like, that's so much work. Uh, and it's right. Like, that's totally true. And that's so totally uh, worthwhile, though, because we expect that to happen within the life of the church. But if we don't plan for that to happen, then we must not expect it to happen very much. And so for for us in in Los Angeles, that need for developing leaders uh, gets highlighted because of the constant transient nature of our city. Uh, So, you know, almost every month we are praying for people in our gatherings who have been key parts of our church, uh, leaders or disciple makers uh, or people that we've just seen grow, you know, quite a bit in just a handful of years and they move away. Uh, And so for us to have a clear path to see everybody that comes in our church get developed so that even when they move away, we're sending them to churches equipped to make disciples. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also having a pipeline really helps us equip disciples, you know, like all over the world, viewing that as a kingdom win, but also kind of like not wasting time with people, (laughs) Uh, which I think is what we do a lot is we waste, we're kind of like, uh, wait for the need to come up and mm. then try to develop leaders like, oh, mm. no, our missional communities are too big. We need leaders. So let's develop some. Yeah. So you're reactive and you're always working kind of from behind. Right. And, and I think that if you have a pipeline in place, you're literally thinking through. Yeah. How How is everything that we're doing as a church helping to serve the mission of making disciples who make disciples, right? Raising up leaders who raise up leaders. Um, that way there is a lot more intentionality around it versus just kind of like, okay, yeah, we have this one mission community over here and we've given a leader a job and we just told them go make disciples. And that's basically it. Right. But then all of a sudden, wow, like we're really hurting for leaders over here for more mission community leaders and more whatever. But there's never been a lot of just real focus intentionality from the pastors, from the leaders to even mm-hmm. help develop and raise up these folks. So I think it's a great point. Yeah. To- and then I think another stress point that can come up that lets you know, and this happens in my life all the time, that lets me know, OK, we're, we've not been maintaining this pipeline very well, is when you have leaders who question whether they can step down from a significant place of leadership, whether mm-hmm. they just don't have capacity, like some situations in their life are are kind of sucking so much energy, but they don't feel like they can step down mm-hmm. from a role of leadership. 
because mm. there's no one to take their place. And that's kind of a, a little yellow flag of, hey, maybe we've not developed leaders enough so that there should be like a, a, a big pool, you know, like there should be a freshman class, a junior varsity that allows people to mm. think, oh, I could graduate mm. and I could move on. Maybe God would send me to plant a church somewhere else. But if we don't have those pipelines, we don't usually think that yeah. we can do that. So, uh, Jared, that kind of leads us to this question of how then do you create a pipeline? Uh, so what's what's the important things to be thinking through, I guess, as people make their own pipeline? Yeah, that's a good question. I'd say it starts with answering the question, what is a mature disciple? And I would encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast, maybe one of the best ways that you could use your time this week as a leader and someone who's interested in making disciples is to answer that question. As you look at the scriptures, as you, you know, maybe talk with other pastors and brainstorm with other leaders about this, what do you see as a mature disciple? The reason it's important that you answer that question is because you can't have a healthy leader if you have an immature disciple. And so I think for us, the first thing that we want to do is we want to make sure that we know what a mature disciple looks like. So like, what is a disciple? What does a mature disciple look like? And then we want to make sure that we are communicating that clearly and over and over again to the people that God has called us to lead. And then we want to kind of help, again, give them a map for how to get to where it is that they want to go. And, and, and it actually provides for a great conversation whenever you can show people hey, this is what we see biblically that a mature disciple is. And I just want to know, like, man, is that your desire? Like, is your desire actually to grow up and mature and become this type of person in Christ, the power of the Spirit? And if someone says yes, then you're able to say, hey, well, great news. Like, man, like we see things from the Scripture and and time-tested principles throughout church history that we can use in order to, you know, over time and through suffering and the power of the Holy Spirit, right, to help you get there. And so that's that's the first step, I think. And then from there, Depending on where it is the Spirit is calling this person to lead depends on what kind of training and equipping they're going to receive. And so, for example, Brad, like since, you know, we're talking about MC leadership a lot on this podcast, let's say someone is a member in our missional community and we sense that they have MC leadership potential or they want to be an MC leader. What we're going to do is we've created a one page document, which I think we can probably attach on the show notes that will hopefully, you know, give them some areas that we believe that they're going to need um, to grow in and be developed in um, if they're going to lead an MC. So areas like gospel fluency, right? Being mm-hmm. able to speak the gospel um, and the everyday stuff of life, a life, hospitality, missiology. I mean, the list goes on and on. And again, you might be able to see that if we attach it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But um, this is a resource. It's a document, right? Just a one-page document that we have created. It's pretty simple that shows them kind of like, hey, here's where you are, right? And, and here's where we're calling you to. And, and what's great about that as well, Brad, is, is mm-hmm. people don't feel as lost because they know where they are in the process. Does that make sense? And so sometimes I think people get so frustrated with this because they're being told they're being developed, but they have no idea what that means or what it looks like or where they are. Right. And so this allows them to kind of have some handle on that. And, um, right. you know, one of the ways that I explain this to people, if it's still kind of confusing to think about a pipeline and, as I say, you know, think about the GPS on your phone. I mean, if you want to get somewhere, you have to know where you are, where it is that mm-hmm. you're going. And then once you know those two things, then, right, you can figure out how you get from point A to point B. And you can figure out, like, okay, do I need a car? Do I need a plane? Absolutely. Uh, what do I need to pack in my bag? Like, where <laughs> do I need to stop and, and refuel? 
Like those are all things that you have to know in order to to really arrive at your destination. And I think the same is true when it comes to leadership development. And a pipeline is just something that helps us uh, to do that. Yeah, that's huge. And I think that, yeah, having people aware of where they are on the pipeline and what the markers are, even, you know, the things that you're listing are not necessarily like classes that they attend. Right. But some of it will include that like, oh, well, you know, we want everyone to go through the story of God before they lead or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, but then there'll be other things that are just sort of intuitive markers or things that they would have to have caught by being discipled. And so that's exactly uh, right. they can become aware of the things to be looking for and that process. And if you look at that pipeline document again, which I sent you, Brad, I mean, you can see that below the line, and again, hopefully this is going to be the show notes, you can see there are things that are formal and, and then above the line, there are things that are informal. So there are mm-hmm. things that are taught and then there are things that are, that can only be caught, you know, and so be in their life. Right. Yeah, which is huge. And I, and I think that you know, kind of just to, to summarize, I think that, you know, leadership development, like the important things to think through is, you know, where where are you headed or where are those kind of clear markers between someone who's a pagan to someone who believes uh, and follows Jesus as Lord, someone who is a disciple, then what are you looking for to see people like demonstrate that they really are disciples who make other disciples? And then how do you, you know, what are you looking for in that next thing of, a disciple who's leading others to make disciples. I think if you can clearly define those things uh, and start there, then you can begin to put the little baby steps in between. Yes. Um, yeah. And the, the other things that I would just kind of like highlight for, for people to think through is how can that process for you be relational, uh, relationally driven, even if it's just, yeah, personal communication instead of emails uh, and just like standardized documents, but, but how can you truly like walk through people? And I think that that's, you think through those things and you make your pipeline. Yeah. The, the next big thing to think through is how do you then maintain that, uh, leadership development plan that you've put in place for your church? I think that as church planners, we can often be really good at starting things, but then the maintenance work kind of falls back. And I think that there's a lot of documents I've created in the past that then I don't live out, hmm. but then I'll pull hmm. them up later as I'm trying to coach some other leader. And it's like, well, holy cow, that was a pretty good idea. <laughs> like I should, <laughs> I yep. should do that, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you, you have to, as you create a pipeline, think, okay, how will I sustain that? Or how will we as a group of leaders or equippers sustain that pipeline? How will we do the work on the ministry, even while we're kind of creating new, new things. And so, you know, they're, they're basically, I think for me, uh, kind of just four takeaways for how to maintain a pipeline. One is by looking at your schedule and scheduling time for each of those key moments in the pipeline. So, uh, I try to think through like how, how, what percentage of my week will I spend with everyday normal disciples in our church and try to see how they're growing. And then what percentage of my week will I spend with leaders we're trying to develop? And then what percentage of my time will I spend with church planters or elders in training to see them develop? I think that that our time investments really reflect the work we're doing on that discipleship 
plan. Uh, then the other thing is I think we have to continually like take notes. So I have a dorky spreadsheet with every meeting that I have with people and I write down like what we talked about and when the last meeting was and when the next scheduled meeting is. Uh, but those notes really help me see that like people are moving forward. And then the other thing that I would say that really helps maintain a pipeline is con- having a consistent training wheel where uh, you're training on the same, you know, six or eight topics every year and a half so that people are able to grow in those things. And you, those can be, uh, for us, we have a simple wheel that goes through like story of God, identity, gospel, you know, disciple making environment, rhythms, uh, gospel proclamation, gospel fluency. And we just kind of repeat those all the time. And then as, a, as elders, we'll pray about like cycling in a few other things that are more relevant for, for the year or the season that our church is in. But, but I think that those, those three things, those taking notes, looking at your schedule, following mm-hmm. a consistent training wheel, I think really helps us just do a long obedience in the same direction yes. of, you know, setting out with a, a, a plan and then just maintaining it without, because one thing that will totally hinder it also, I'm very guilty of that is just chain changing the leadership pipeline all the time. And that people don't get developed that way either. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We are, that's a great word, Brad, because I think as ministry leaders, we need to remind ourselves like we are gardeners you know, not fast food workers. And so um, I think it's so easy at times for us to just be like, okay, I gave this four months and I don't see any results. So there must be something better out there. And then you hear about a book or a podcast or whatever else. It's like, I need to make some sort of drastic change real quick. And the reality is probably a lot of times the things we have in place really are, are great. And if we would just continue, as you said, with a long obedience in the same direction over time, Right. I think we would begin to see some of that fruit come forward. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Eugene Peterson for that yes. phrase that he stole from Nietzsche. <laughs> uh, and as we rec- as we record this, he's in hospice care. So probably by the time this podcast is released, he might have already passed away. But what a great saint that's taught us all to be gardeners. That's really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so that's leadership pipelines, though, kind of in a nutshell. Uh, We'll share several examples, uh, as you mentioned, Jared. But um, yeah, anything else you'd like to add, though? Yeah, I just feel, you know, anytime that I'm on a podcast like this, I just want to add that, uh, you know, this stuff always sounds way easier and neater on a podcast than it actually is in real life. And so Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, and you're like, dang, man, like we suck and we're so far from where we need to be. Well, like, welcome to the club. You know, like the same is true for our church. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we have a saying in our church. Like, if we're going to suck, let's just keep sucking forward. Yeah. And so, you know, like we have these structures in place at our church, which is a great first step. And hopefully this podcast has been enough to kind of encourage you to do the same thing if you don't have those. But I just want to say, like, actually executing this in the day to day is much more difficult than just talking about it. And so, mm-hmm. you know. There are seasons where even here, like where I feel like we're doing great at this. And then there are seasons where I feel like, man, like, are we raising up any leaders at all? Um, and so like we have seasons of plenty and we have seasons of loss. And I think the main thing to keep in mind is that um, we do want to have something in place. We want to start with where we are and we want to be intentional about developing people that God has entrusted us with. And then as we're doing this, let's keep in mind that this really is a l- long and slow and messy work. 
Um, and, and it was for Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he spent almost every minute of every day for three years with his disciples. And there were plenty of times where I'm sure Jesus had to be wondering, like, am I making any difference at all in these guys' lives? I mean, I was reading Mark just the other day where, like, Jesus had fed the 5,000. And, like, the next night, Jesus hears the disciples murmuring about something. He's like, hey, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, oh, we're, we ran out of food. And we're trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> Isn't that not crazy? Yeah. You know, I mean, these are people who have seen Jesus do the miraculous, and it's still not enough, right? right. And, 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 and yet, after... The ascension of Christ, right? These same men, empowered by the Spirit, turn the world upside down. And so, to end, I would just say, man, if you're doing this work, right, no matter where you are in the process, don't give up. You cannot control fruitfulness, yeah. uh, but you can control the, fra- the faithfulness in your own life. And so, in a lot of that, I would encourage you just to be faithful, mm-hmm. uh, to pursue personally what it means to be a mature disciple, who makes disciples, right? And, mm-hmm. and, which is another way of saying, right, of, of being a healthy leader who raises up uh, healthy leaders. And in the process of that, man, I would encourage you pray like crazy for the Lord of the harvest to raise up more laborers, which is what Jesus told us to do, right? To join in the mission of making disciples who make more disciples. And because Jesus cares more about uh, this church and, and ministry than we ever will, I think if we'll keep being faithful, right, if we'll stay committed to a long obedience in the same direction, we will keep learning hmm. and, and doing what's best, um, do the best we can, right, with what we have. And as we're doing that, as we're praying, God will help to raise up new disciples and grow new leaders who will return and help us carry out the mission that he's given us. So that's just what I'd want to leave with with those listening. Yeah, that's so good, Jared. And I think that's a good frame of mind to to put our listeners in. And, and I think to remind people that the goal of this episode in particular is just to to maybe get a conversation started between leaders on hey how how do we want to intentionally develop these disciples and if that's what happens that's so good and and I think it's it's so good to remember how this is just patient relational slow work and the spirit is the one who reminds people of Jesus's commands, reminds them of their identity as sons and daughters. The Spirit uh, empowers disciples to move forward. And it's such a testament to the Spirit's work that there's a church anywhere at all. Mm. And so, yeah, this, this pipeline stuff is great, especially if it leads us to praying and depending on the Spirit to give us plans and strategies and a harvest in the end. So, yes. Yeah, so good, Jared. Thanks for thanks for chatting with me and sharing your experiences and your wisdom with all of us. And yeah, if you're you're listening out there, we really appreciate it as well. Thanks for being part of this. And as always, if if the podcast is really helpful for you, uh, we just invite you to rate us or give us a review on whatever platform it is you're listening to us on. It really helps people find us. And uh, yeah, if you uh, have any questions or ideas for other episodes, we'd love to hear those too. It's always great to hear from you guys and then answer your questions. Uh, that's kind of the, the heartbeat behind all of this, that uh, we would grow together and learn together as we make disciples who make disciples. Thanks for listening, and I hope you all have a really great day. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.